Good evening and welcome to the Mary Trump Show live stream of President Biden's primetime address about the tenuous state of American democracy. Before we get into the speech, I just want to give a quick roundup of today's news, which is understandably creating anxiety for some people because it's insane. We already know that Ginny Thomas tried to convince Arizona lawmakers to overturn Joe Biden's victory uh, in November. Today, we learned that she made the same uh, claims. She made the same request, rather, in Wisconsin. Yet she hasn't, as far as I know, been approached by the January 6th committee. She hasn't been subpoenaed by anybody. And she, as far as I know, also hasn't uh, suffered any other consequences. And neither has her horrible, unbelievably Supreme Court justice husband. Abortion rights activists in Michigan got 730,000 signatures in order to get an abortion rights amendment on the ballot in November. 730,000 signatures, which is about 300,000 more than they needed. The Michigan Board of Canvassers has to approve such things. Um, it literally has four people on it, two Republicans, two Democrats. And of course, the Republicans voted against the ballot initiative. And in case of a tie, it doesn't move forward. So they blocked it along party lines. But this is why. They claim that spacing and formatting errors in the text circulated rendered the effort invalid. So the matter is going to be referred to the Michigan Supreme Court, which is a majority Democrat, but still it's going to be delayed. We don't know if it's going to make it on, on the ballot in November, which is just also maddening. On a radio show this morning, Donald admitted that if given the chance, he's going to give full pardons and a government apology to Capitol rioters who, just as a reminder, attacked and wounded Capitol Police in an effort to overturn the results of a free and fair election. I am not entirely sure at this point how much more evidence of his guilt Donald needs to keep providing for us, but it is a bit beyond the pale. In Florida, uh, Judge Cannon, who was appointed by Donald two years ago, seemed to be open to granting Donald's request to appoint a special master to go through the FBI documents that were taken legally from several unsecure locations in his house because he had stolen them from the United States government. So uh, it's it's been something of a day. Uh, Jen, I we know that the judge did not direct the FBI to stop working on the files. And first of all, hi, Jen, hi, Charlotte. Sorry, I'm, I'm in a bit of a state tonight. Um, so we know the judge didn't direct the FBI to stop working on the files. And it seems like she might release a more detailed list of those documents. But we don't really know where she's going with the special master thing. So what are your biggest takeaways from that hearing today? And how do we make sense of what happened in that courtroom? Which is difficult because she wouldn't let anybody listen in. Hi, Mary. Hi, Charlotte. Um, I mean, I couldn't listen in, so... I kind of have almost no idea <clears throat> what really went down. There's a lot that you can tell based on someone's demeanor and the questions that they ask. And in the absence of seeing that, what all you can do is kind of trust those who reported out what they saw and also the official record and ruling. And I think it's, you know, I think there's some things that bode well for justice and some things that don't. 
I mean, by justice, I mean the Justice Department. I mean, the one thing you mentioned, she didn't halt their their review. That seems good. Um, she's inclined to unseal, but what's not clear is whether the unsealing is just for Donald or if it's also for the public in terms of a more detailed list of what was taken. Mm. But the, my biggest takeaway on this is to some degree, some of this is a red herring because um, even before the search that occurred at Mar-a-Lago on August 8th, there were two other deliveries of documents, right? <clears throat> there were the 15 boxes as well as, which they got, um, which the National Archives got at the beginning of this year and the, and the, the uh, FBI only looked through them in May and realized how serious it was. There's that, tro that sort of tranche of documents. And then there was something on June 3rd, I might have the date right, or June 4th, when the FBI showed up and ba uh, Lena Babash gives this, or whoever was there, gives the red weld full of the documents. In and of itself, that, plus the fact that they found more things, the obstruction, the, uh, the plain obstruction, the lying, the, inner, the uh, failure to really respond to the grand jury subpoena, there's on and on and on, the espionage, I, you know, th those charges can be brought even without whatever it is they're going through now. But, you know, it's a process. It's not the end of the world in terms of an indictment if, if this is delayed or ultimately if some things are um, withheld. It's bad for democracy to treat a right. former president this way. Right. The delays, but what the delays tell us is just how much a certain kind of privilege buys you and you know the world the world is watching we're watching and it's not good for it's not good for justice but as you know mary and one last thing i've been you know doing this thread that i started like three days ago what are we up to 200 and some 240 or, or something and the thing is i don't know where this sort of rage inside of me came from but it's like you know every time someone gives him another chance i'm just i'm just like i don't know how many dents on my forehead from like the surface of my desk I can make before I can cuss forever. So I decided to tweet it out. Anyway, that's what I got, you know, delay, yeah. delay, delay. Yeah. And uh, every time he gets another chance, it's Ill illegitimate. It's because he's being done a favor he doesn't deserve, or that isn't actually right. And just so we're clear uh, by agreeing to giving or, or appointing a special master, and again, that could be limited, but just for the sake of argument, if she does appoint one, that that basically means that this this judge who was appointed by Donald uh, is buying into the absolutely false argument that uh, they're his documents and he had any right to them. So it's it's it is absolutely, uh, you know, it, again, it's been it's been one of those days, man. Right. Let me mm -hmm. just jump in and point out to you that Robert Bork was the one who did the final dirty deed during Watergate and he got nominated for the Supreme court justice position that he really wanted. Right. You know, right. never forget the uh, personal selfish ambitions of, of a federal judge. There's a, you know, you have to play yeah. a lot of games to get some of those positions and not just people who are conservatives. There's a yeah. lot you have to do in order to climb your way up the ladder inside of these highly coveted, powerful positions. 
Um, and, you know, I right. wouldn't be surprised if one day, you know, she gets some sort of club appointment or something else. And she probably has that on her mind. But this is the thing. The end result of that is that the judiciary becomes politicized. And if I hear that a judge is, is has been appointed by Donald, I think immediately that person should recuse because I don't trust him or her or them. Um, anyway, I want to I want to pivot to the speech, uh, you know, Charlotte, unless you have something to add uh, to, to this conversation. But, you know, Biden's giving what I, I hope is a, a substantive and important speech. Um, part of it is in response to what Biden is calling MAGA Republicans, those election deniers and pro-insurrectionists that he's described recently as semi-fascists. But Charlotte, I think Biden is wrong here. I, you know, maybe he's trying to walk a line. He doesn't want to a- alienate people in the party, which I understand. But to say MAGA Republicans is to be redundant and there's really nothing semi about their fascism. So wh- what do you think about where, where Biden's coming from and what, if anything, are you anticipating about? We're Trump? not the audience first comments. Oh, no, we're definitely not. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Not I agree with you. So like we shouldn't get let our heads explode. <clears throat> no, no. Look, I mean, you know, this is what President Biden has done for as long as he's uh, been on the presidential stage. Think of when yeah. he launched his campaign in 2020 and just the the clear and direct way in which he went about moderate policies and campaigning. Mm-hmm. He did not try to pander. He did not try to say, I'm going to be this great progressive who's going to come in on a horseback and save everybody. He says, he said, no, I want things to be back to where they were before Trump. That is my goal. And he read the exact mood of a certain kind of voter in this country. And that's why he won. And he has done this again and yeah. again and again. I don't always like what, what president Biden does. But I think anyone who doubts him as a communicator is really missing the point. He, he, he does it better than anyone in the party. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more. And I, even though I, I know it's, it's more interesting sometimes if we disagree with each other, but we do on occasion. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think my, uh, there are a couple of things I'm worried about. Um, one and I'm not talking about the petty stuff. Well, I don't think it's petty, but I, I'm not talking about what I consider serious missteps. So definitely not petty. But like calling Mitch McConnell a friend and, and an honorable man. I mean, that's that we don't need that because that demoralizes us. And I'm not really sure who would notice if he didn't say things like that. But um, I do think that in in taking as long as he has to get to this point, we have lost ground. Um, but as you say... Um, we're the base. We're not going anywhere. And he does need to reach a, a different audience that Jen may not have been ready to come along for the ride even two months ago. Just if we think about, not that I want to think about everything that's happened the last two months, because again, like, we're all going to lose our minds. But, <laughs> you know, so much has happened to I to push people, whether it's Dobbs or this FBI thing or so many election deniers winning their primaries, except of course we have to acknowledge that Sarah Pallet lost hers to a Democrat in Alaska. So that's good news. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sort of torn better late than ever, I guess. Maybe we do get more people to go along and are, who are willing to listen. Everything, you know, in this world, we live on very concrete planes as well as more abstract ones. And, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to um, 
act in politics, if you can do both at once, it's kind of brilliance. And that's what you see Biden doing right here and right now. Mm -hmm. In the concrete, gas prices went down. In the concrete, he was able to erase or will erase massive amounts of debt for people. In the concrete, he is um, using his voice and using this web page to call people out on their bullshit. All of that's concrete. And then in the sort of abstract realm, um, he is sort of figuring out the way to harness that that anger around abortion rights and to use it in some way to, he's, Every win that happens with one of these, I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this, but these wins that we see that sort of these bellwether wins, whether it was that New York primary Mm -hmm. or the special election in Alaska Mm -hmm. or what was going on in Kansas with that, you know, he sees those victories, not just as abstract, but he is seizing them by, by why is he doing a speech tonight or just yesterday when he tested the waters by saying you're not, or two days ago, you're not a patriot right. if you don't denounce January 5th. He is he is getting the vibe piece of it and not the, just the concrete. I mean, I, I think I said on the show the other day, he is the best president I've ever seen in my lifetime because this is a really hard time to legislate when you have people expecting, and to, I'm sorry, to lead and to yeah. legislate for Congress yeah. because you have everyone expecting him to bring the country together, but we don't really want to be brought together with fascists. No. You know, and so that he was able to say the F word. No Even one semi, yes. I, I, yes. So um, who, would, who would ever think of President Biden's an extremist? No what? one would ever think no. of, no one would ever think of President Biden's an extremist or no. um, as, as using hyperbole. He doesn't do that. And, and coming he from his, the, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you're fine. It's just when they, when he says something, people believe it. They're like, oh yeah, that guy would never say something unless he actually thought that way. Because we know that he is coming from a place of not wanting to have to do this. And I think, Jen, in addition to the wins, he's also looking at the resistance. He's looking at the fact that the Republicans are going to sue him over forgiving college debt. You know, he's just looking at the abject cruelty of these people. Yeah, but that's a that's a dumb move. Everything. No, no, I I I agree. He's like, he's yeah. like, set the trap. It's kind of like the DOJ setting the trap by putting a messy photo. Right, but and, it's all, and right. Like now, now Donald is like confessing all this shit because in his world, there's no bigger crime than looking like a slob, looking like a traitor. Okay. Well, I what, mean, you know, because he is a slob, but, and also a traitor. But I guess what I'm saying is, yes, the, he's, set the trap and they fell into it. However, it's also evidence of what they're willing to do in order to interfere with progress. Just like this thing in Michigan, like we can look at that as a win, 730,000 signatures to get a, a ballot initiative like the one in Kansas. And oh, yeah. two fucking Republicans are like, oh, sorry. Any, I don't know if you saw the text, but it's because like five words didn't have spaces in between them. But you could still read them. It was very clear what they were, what that sentence was. And that's that's why they overturned it. Because, no, nah, sorry, you missed some spaces. So that's what we're dealing with. And I think um, if, we, if we listen to this speech 
coming from that place. Um, you know, those of us who are hoping maybe for something a little more. I, well, look, I don't know. Who knows? The fact that Biden said semi-fascist is something. But Waj, uh, Waj Ali texted, not texted, tweeted earlier, I hope Biden makes it political tonight. Why not? He's the president dealing with an extremist GOP movie. Movie? <laughs> that would be weird. GOP movement. Yes, it's by Lenny Riefenstahl. Um, a GOP movement that is supporting a coup. Take the gloves off. Who cares if they get angry? They're always angry enough. And yeah, I mean, if he if he can figure out a way to thread the needle between um, putting the blame on those on the right who deserve it and um, absolving those on the right who are just kind of following along because they're continuing to put their trust in the people they voted for, I think that he can he can be a little bit more um, free to to speak plainly uh in a way that that maybe you know maybe he he uh wouldn't normally do you think that's a possibility i don't he might be late i think um i think we need to check we need to check the feed um but who was oh garland was really late the other day oh i guess it's just is it fashionable in dc to show up late oh here we go all right all right, buckle up. I know we're not supposed to talk about stuff like this, but I love what Jill's wearing. Oh, <laughs> no, I do too. Fantastic. Well, hey, I think you, sexist, you sexist women. No, I think this is going to be a really good speech. I, I really do too. And I know, I know. I'll focus on what matters. And she does look lovely. And all that. Should we shut up when he's talking, you guys? Or is that not the. Yeah, we will. Unless there's room to kibitz. He doesn't have to pay her to hold his hand. My fellow Americans, please, if you have a seat, take it. I speak to you tonight from sacred ground in America, Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is where America made its declaration of independence to the world more than two centuries ago with an idea unique among nations that in America, we're all created equal. This is where the United States Constitution was written and debated. This is where we set in motion the most extraordinary experiment of self-government the world has ever known. With three simple words, we the people, we the people, these two documents and the ideas they embody, equality and democracy, are the rock upon which this nation is built. They're how we became the greatest nation on earth. They're why, for more than two centuries, America has been a beacon to the world. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. So tonight, I've come to this place where it all began to speak as plainly as I can to the nation. 
about the threats we face, about the power we have in our own hands to meet these threats, and about the incredible future that lies in front of us if only we choose it. We must never forget, we the people are the true heirs of the American experiment that began more than two centuries ago. We the people have burning inside of each of us the flame of liberty that was lit here at Independence Hall. A flame that lit our way through abolition, the Civil War, suffrage, the Great Depression, world wars, civil rights. That sacred flame still burns. Now in our time, as we build an America that is more prosperous, free and just, that is the work of my presidency, a mission I believe in with my whole soul. But first, we must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. But I'm an American president, not a president of red America, blue America, but of all America. And I believe it's my duty my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love, they promote authoritarian leaders, and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as patriots, and they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election 
as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. That's why respected conservatives like Federal Circuit Court Judge Michael Ludwig has called Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans, quote, a clear and present danger to our democracy. But while the threat to American democracy is real, I want to say as clearly as we can, we are not powerless in the face of these threats. We are not bystanders in this ongoing attack on democracy. There are far more Americans, far more Americans, from every, from every background of belief, who reject the extreme MAGA ideology than those that accept it. And folks, it's within our power, it's in our hands, yours and mine, to stop the assault on American democracy. I believe America is at an inflection point, one of those moments that determine the shape of everything that's to come after. And now, America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism, or a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together we can choose a different path. We can choose a better path forward to the future. A future of possibility, a future to build and dream and hope. And we're on that path moving ahead. I know this nation. I know you, the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts. And I know our history. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it. This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. We do not repudiate it. <clears throat> this is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. And this is a nation that rejects violence as a political tool. We do not encourage violence. We are still an America that believes in honesty and decency and respect for others. Patriotism, liberty, justice for all, hope, possibilities. We are still, at our core, a democracy. And yet, history tells us the blind loyalty to a single leader and a willingness to engage in political violence is fatal to democracy. For a long time, we told ourselves that American democracy is guaranteed, but it's not. We have to defend it, protect it, stand up for it, each and every one of us. That's why tonight, I'm asking our nation to come together, unite behind the single purpose 
of defending our democracy regardless of your ideology. We're all called by duty and conscience to confront extremists who put their own pursuit of power above all else. Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving American democracy than MAGA Republicans are to destroying American democracy. We, the people, will not let anyone or anything tear us apart. Today, there are dangers around us we cannot allow to prevail. We here, you've heard it, more and more talk about violence as an acceptable political tool in this country. It's not. It can never be an acceptable tool. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America, period, none, ever. We saw law enforcement brutally attacked on January 6th. We've seen election officials, poll workers, many of them volunteers of both parties, subject to intimidation and death threats. And can you believe it? FBI agents just doing their job as directed, facing threats to their own lives from their own fellow citizens. On top of that, there are public figures today, yesterday, and the day before predicting and all but calling for mass violence and rioting in the streets. This is inflammatory. It's dangerous. It's against the rule of law. And we, the people, must say, this is not who we are. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, we can't be pro-insurrectionist uh, pro pro and pro-American. We're incompatible. We can't allow violence to be normalized in this country. It's wrong. We each have to reject political violence with, with all the moral clarity and conviction this nation can muster. Now, we can't let the integrity of our elections be undermined, for that is a path to chaos. Look, I know politics can be fierce and mean and nasty in America. I get it. I believe in the give and take of politics, in disagreement and debate and dissent. We're a big, complicated country. But democracy endures only if we, the people, respect the guardrails of the republic. Only if we, the people, accept the results of free and fair elections. Only if. We, the people, see politics not as total war, but mediation of our differences. Democracy cannot survive when one side believes there are only two outcomes to an election. Either they win or they were cheated. And that's where the MAGA Republicans are today. <laughs> they don't understand what every patriotic American knows. You can't love your country only when you win. It's fundamental. American democracy only works only if we choose to respect the rule of law and the institutions that were set up in this 
chamber behind me. Only if we respect our legitimate political differences. I will not stand by and watch. I will not the will of the American people be overturned by wild conspiracy theories and baseless evidence-free claims of fraud. I will not stand by and watch elections in this country stolen by people who simply refuse to accept that they lost. I will not stand by and watch the most fundamental freedom in this country, the freedom to vote and have your vote counted and be taken from you and the American people. Look, as your president, I will defend our democracy with every fiber of my being, and I'm asking every American to join me. Yes. <clears throat> Throughout our history, America's often made the greatest progress coming out of some of our darkest moments, like your hearings in that bullhorn. I believe we can and must do that again. And we are. MAGA Republicans look at America and see carnage and darkness and despair. They spread fear and lies, lies told for profit and power. But I see a different America, an America with an unlimited future, an America that's about to take off. I hope you see it as well. Just look around. I believe we could lift America from the depths of COVID so we passed the largest economic recovery package since Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And today, America's economy is faster, stronger than any other advanced nation in the world. We have more to go. I believe we could build a better America. So we passed the biggest infrastructure investment since President Dwight D. Eisenhower. And we've now embarked on a decade of rebuilding the nation's roads, bridges, highways, ports, water systems, high-speed internet, railroads. I believe we could make America safer, so we passed the most significant gun safety law since President Clinton. I believe we could go from being the highest cost of prescriptions in the world to making prescription drugs and healthcare more affordable. So we passed the most significant healthcare reform since President Obama signed the Affordable Care Act. <clears throat> and I believe we create, we could create a clean energy future and save the planet. So we passed the most important climate initiative ever, ever, ever. The cynics and the critics tell us nothing can get done, but they're wrong. There is not a single thing America cannot do, not a single thing beyond our capacity if we do it together. It's never easy, but we're proving in America, no matter how long the road, progress does come. Look. I know the last year, few years have been tough, but today, COVID no longer controls our lives. More Americans are working than ever. Businesses are growing, our schools are open. Millions of Americans have been lifted out of poverty. Millions of veterans once exposed to toxic burn pits will now get what they deserve for their families and the compensation. American manufacturing has come alive across the heartland. 
and the future will be made in America. No matter what the white supremacists and the extremists say, I made a bet on you, the American people, and that bet is paying off, proving that from darkness, the darkness of Charlottesville, of COVID, of gun violence, of insurrection, we can see the light. Light is now visible. Light that will guide us forward, not only in words, but in actions, actions for you, for your children, for your grandchildren, for America. Even in this moment, with all the challenges we face, I give you my word as a Biden, I've never been more optimistic about America's future. Not because of me, but because of who you are. We're gonna end cancer as we know it, mark my words. We're gonna create millions of new jobs in a clean energy economy. We're gonna think big, we're going to make the 21st century another American century, because the world needs us to. That's where we need to focus our energy. Not in the past, not on divisive culture wars, not on the politics of grievance, but on a future we can build together. The MAGA Republicans believe that for them to succeed, everyone else has to fail. They believe America is not like I believe about America. I believe America is big enough for all of us to succeed. And that is the nation we're building, the nation where no one is left behind. I ran for president because I believe we're in a battle for the soul of this nation. I still believe that to be true. I believe the soul is the breath, the life, and the essence of who we are. The soul is what makes us us. The soul of America is defined by the sacred proposition that all are created equal in the image of God, that all are entitled to be treated with decency, dignity, and respect, that all deserve justice and a shot at lives of prosperity and consequence, and that democracy, democracy must be defended, for democracy makes all these things possible. <laughs> Folks. And it's up to us. Democracy begins and will be preserved in we, the people's habits of the heart, in our character, optimism that is tested yet endures, courage that digs deep when we need it, empathy that fuels democracy, the willingness to see each other not as enemies but as fellow Americans. Look, our democracy is imperfect. It always has been. Notwithstanding those folks you hear on the other side there, they're entitled to be outrageous. This is a democracy. But history and common sense. Good manners is nothing they've ever suffered from. But history and common sense tell us that opportunity, liberty, and justice for all are most likely to come to pass in a democracy. We have never fully realized the aspirations of our founding, but every generation has opened those doors a little bit wider to include more people who have been excluded before. My fellow Americans, America is an idea, the most powerful idea in the history of the world, and it beats in the hearts of the people of this country. It beats in all our hearts. It unites America. 
It is the American creed, the idea that America guarantees that everyone be treated with dignity. It gives hate no safe harbor. It installs in everyone the belief that no matter where you start in life, there's nothing you can't achieve. That's who we are. That's what we stand for. That's what we believe. And that's precisely what we're doing. Opening doors, creating possibilities, focusing on the future. And we're only just beginning. Our task is to make our nation free and fair, just and strong, noble and whole. And this work is the work of democracy, the work of this generation. It is the work of our time, for all time. We can't afford to have, leave anyone on the sidelines. We need everyone to do their part. So speak up, speak out, get engaged, vote, vote, vote. And if we do our duty, if we do our duty in 2022 and beyond, then ages still to come will say, we, all of us here, we kept the faith. We preserved democracy. We heeded our worst. We, we heeded not our worst instincts, but our better angels. We, we proved that for all its imperfections, America is still the beacon to the world, an ideal to be realized, a promise to be kept. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred, nothing more American. That's our soul. That's who we truly are. And that's who must, we must always be. I have no doubt, none, that this is who we will be and that we'll come together as a nation that will secure our democracy, that for the next 200 years, we'll have what we had the past 200 years, the greatest nation on the face of the earth. We just need to remember who we are. We are the United States of America, the United States of America. And may God protect our nation and may God protect all those who stand watch over our democracy. God bless you all. Democracy, thank you. Holy shit. Wow. Whoa. That is a second-term speech. That is a I'm staying through this for the next five years getting shit done speech. I think I need a minute. <clears throat> wow. Wow. <clears throat> um, oh who would like God. to start? <clears throat> I have never... I, I have not seen him speak like that, ever. Ever. That might be the best speech he's ever given. I'm liking this gloves off. I mean, I thought his inauguration speech was super hot. Like, I think from day one, I remember his inauguration speech was so beautifully written, first of all. Um, it was an excellent piece of political speech writing. Um, but this, it, Daddy's got some verve now. Like, he's really yeah. kind of like feeling himself. <laughs> I, I am so, I'm so here for this. Um, yeah. Uh, with a, with a, a verb and a dare I say moxie, although that's a word often mostly applied to women. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, I like this. 
like I this. like this. You know, it, it um, I, I think it is the best speech he's ever given yeah. um, because he has dispensed with the fallacy uh, that we can unite under these circumstances. He's laid it out very clearly what is required in order for us to be united. And he wasn't doing that before. Um, so in addition to it's uh, being incredibly eloquent, and I just want to remind people that this is a man who had a, has a bad stutter. So I'm just that alone always blows me away. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, to, to inject into a, what was not an easy speech to give uh, without, with practically no stumbles and, and just to, to inject the kind of passion and intensity and um, gravity that the moment requires is, is extraordinary. Um, but, uh, you know, before we started, we were talking about what we think might happen, what needs to happen. And, and Charlotte said that, you know, we're not his audience. And you know what? It turns out that his audience was anybody who loves America. Mm. Nicely yeah. put. So, yeah. yeah, Jen. Yeah, I mean, this felt like um, I needed to hear this. I'm feeling really relieved, actually, right now. I need to hear this. The minute Donald was elected, we needed to yeah. hear this from somebody in the Democratic leadership. But this is the person. This is the moment, and by choosing to call out, choosing to identify MAGA Republicans and to say they have a hold on the party, to say what is and to describe MAGA Republicans uh, with the same descriptors that you might talk about a fascist party. It, it, um, I mean, I was almost brought to tears. I mean, I actually, my eyes were tearing up because it's frightening where we are and he's not backing away from it. And I'm so grateful. Um, and, you know, and it was, it was, it was, a, it was, you know, it was an amazing speech and he hit, he hit every point that they're fanning the flames of political violence. Um, that there are more of us who reject this than there are of them and, you know, bring it together with why you have to vote. And what I love about the voting now is that maybe six months ago on the left, there was sort of this, you know, murmuring, oh, all they want us to do is vote harder. But what have Democrats actually done for us? He can say vote, vote, vote now because he's made clear we need two more seats in the Senate. He has shown what he'll do. He actually used the majority and kind of maneuvered the Republicans into a corner and got legislation passed. And he's saying what is and what needs to be done. And we just talked about before, you know, what he, you know, he canceled student loans, maybe not as much as people wanted, but he did some pieces that are more in terms of lowering debt payments. So like when he said, vote, 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 I was just, yeah, do it. Like that's the only tool any of us have. He's using everything at his disposal, the bully pulpit. Also, let me just say this other petty thing besides loving Jill's dress. I love the dark brand and lighting. That red lighting behind him, not only did they do red, white, and blue, but it was just like, 
electric. I just, he was like a s- fucking superhero, you know? He's, he's just like a walking meme. I mean, I love everything about it. If I could see him, I'd give him a hug. I can't wait to like meet this man in person, but I'll be all a bunch of like, I don't know what I should do. Just trying to red light at him. I don't even know how to speak <laughs> to him. But anyway, I think it was amazing. It's speaking to me on an intellectual level, but it's also speaking deeply emotionally. Uh, you know, it was mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And listen, I think, I think the optics do matter. Um, you know, people needed to be reminded that dark Brandon is on the rise. Uh, and the lighting was proof of that. But um, just in terms of the substance, again, I do think that he did something that I didn't realize until tonight, uh, how desperately I was wanting him to do it. He connected every dot, you know, and yes, there are dots that we've all been connecting for a really long time, but we don't have to walk the kind of fine line he has to walk. And he did, you know, and Jen, you, you just, spoke about this and and uh i thought it was an extraordinary extraordinary political and i mean that in a good way uh way of reminding people just what this administration has accomplished without seeming political you know it was just like listen guys this is what we can do this is what we're doing we want more of that so let's keep going um, so yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted right now because I think I was, <laughs> so much was writing on this and I don't think I realized it until, until we got it. Oh I can't understand. Charlotte, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. Oh no. Oh no. You're fine. I'm, I'm processing. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, a lot to process. Yeah. I feel relieved right now. I feel very relieved. Right. <laughs> a, and it's making me I, tired. Yeah, I love the subway train running out the window behind you. It's such a oh. great scene. Yeah, it is great. Um, the uh, it is such a relief to me in the stark contrast. There's no like this is a man <laughs> who has known pain. I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said a million times already, but this is a man who has known pain. He has got this incredible capacity for empathy because he has been through it. Um, on personal levels, political levels, on lots of levels, right? Uh, and I, I, Joe Biden is someone who, yes, he's a politician and whatever, and I get really upset with the hard left because or for criticizing him for not doing enough right? and playing that bullshit card. Well, I didn't get this and I didn't get that. Like, good luck at Christmas with your list. Exactly. You know, brats. Yeah. You know, he knows yeah. how the game works. I honestly believe this is a guy who is doing the best he can and the best he can is pretty damn good. Um, Especially Mary, under the circumstances, up, like, George. What's that? Especially under the circumstances. A thousand percent. Yeah. You know, look at the, the you know, um, uh, the bill that got passed, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act um, and everything else that's been that has happened in the last several months. Mm hmm. Under these circumstances, with this Congress, with this Senate, really? Yes, he did. Yeah. You know? Um, And this is a guy who cares. What a stark contrast. What a stark contrast. You know, it's like being, do you want, 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of a really like a perhaps a funny sort of meal comparison. <laughs> you know, it's like it tastes good and it's also good for you, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how it just astounds me that people reject that. It astounds me. Well, I don't think they do. You know, one thing, you know, I'm thinking about when you talk about the stark contrast here and then about how I think they don't reject, I think this is going to be a really tremendous, have tremendous impact is, you know, there was that heckler yelling yep. through the bullhorn yep. and, you know, Mary's uncle, when he hears that stuff, sends the goon squad out and says to beat them up. Yeah. And, you know, Joe, you know, he, it's that balance where he goes, you know, isn't it great that in America you can do that? But also, you know, you have no manners. <laughs> it's like, you but know, some, great. There That's is good. Meme, there's a meme going around that I'm really fond of and maybe just refine the message. I'm going to get the, the broad stroke of it is basically it's um, I think I saw Jerry Saltz might have posted it. Um, uh, the Democrats want you to vote. Republicans want you to riot. Yep. Basically, uh, no yep. lies detected there. Yeah, they they want a they want a world in which the only people who are allowed to have the bullhorn are people who think think like they do. Right. And you know, Jen's exactly right. If this had been um, two years ago, it would have been uh, you know, get out of here, beat the shit out of them. Awesome. Um, right. Awesome. And yeah. and we've had that for so long that that it's it's civility. It's, it's metastasized, but it's also worsened because now we literally have people trying to kill FBI agents yeah. and, you know, uh, going after anybody who who they're told uh, is against Donald. I mean, it really literally is just against him because what does he stand for? He stands for nothing. And I was actually surprised that that Biden mentioned him by name, but. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, and I think he did it in the best possible way. He literally said his name twice and he just said Donald and the MAGA Republicans just totally pinning, pinning it on him, placing the blame where it's, it should be placed. I, you know, obviously I think it belongs other places too, but he wasn't going to go there tonight. And uh, he obliquely referred to other politicians who are, who are inciting violence, like Kevin McCarthy, Lindsey Graham, et cetera. Uh, so just in terms of the comprehensiveness of the speech, it was quite something. It was like 22 minutes long. Yeah. A sitcom without commercials. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, there were, you know, I, I think one of my favorite things that he said uh, about democracy is that we need to see politics not as a total war, but a yeah. mediating of our differences. We haven't seen Absolutely. that. Newt Gingrich, speaking of which, he was mm. going to you know, be asked to testify right before the January 5th committee. Mm -hmm. this, this take no prisoners, crush the enemy. That's no way to think about democracy. I mean, I, you know, and also the idea that America is an idea. You know, yep. he's, he's admitting, you know, let's not be naive here. We're working toward an idea. You know, life on the ground doesn't ever match up to the idea, but the idea is to move forward. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I had no idea. I think I, I was busy today and I only saw kind of right before we came on 
what the language of this was. I, and mm-hmm. when I saw that he was going to be talking about MAGA Republicans, I saw like that on Twitter. I'm like, no, someone must have it wrong. Like I didn't actually believe that was the release transcript, that piece I saw. Like I am, Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I am. Because I wasn't, I was busy. I have a friend in town. I'm doing stuff. I actually like took some time for myself for a couple hours. And I'm How forcing you to do you? this. I know. You are. I know. Seriously. I made Smacker. those cocktails out of the, um, uh, what is it? The butterfly pea blossom syrup, <laughs> you know, with the, it's like a, it's like a purple lemon drop cocktail. Who mm. are you? I don't know. I'm a monster. <laughs> and why didn't you bring them to share? <laughs> and I Let's met a friend of yours, Jen, last night. We'll talk about it later. Let's okay, make something about it now? Who'd you meet? Katie, Katie Fang. I love Katie. Yeah, she loves you. Oh. Let's let's point out something really obvious for a second. Um, Katie's also my friend. Is the thing that the obvious <laughs> thing waiting for that. Out. All of that. Uh, the president really seemed to put a choice to anyone who identifies as conservative. He can see. He, he said, "You can either be a reasonable Republican who goes along with us, tries to find common sense solutions, common ground for everybody, or you could be a MAGA Republican." He gave a choice to everybody, and there's a subtext there that seems to say, "Look, you've seen the news." You've seen everything that's going on with the investigation, with these these documents that just got recovered. You can see where this story is going. The train is about to leave the station. Are you with us? This is your last chance. Get with us now before shit hits the fan or be part of that dustbin of history. And that seemed to be his pitch. And it was perfect. It was so it didn't condemn uh, rational Republicans. Um, It assertively condemned everyone uh, who is either Trump or Trump adjacent or Trump enabling. And it made a clear and distinct argument for bringing people together without tolerating the treasonous, hateful bullshit that's been perpetrated by that wing of the party. It was perfect. I love that message. Yeah. And it was, uh... it was the semi, you know, he's like, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, I'm not backing down. It's like, these folks, Donald and the MAGA Republicans, are the 100% fascists. And the rest, you know, so that's the semi piece. The rest of you, I'm not going to call you fascists and let, if you reject them. But otherwise, you're with them if you're not against them. I mean. That's right. I love it. Yeah. It, it, it. Exactly. It was giving people a choice. And you know what else was like a huge relief? Somebody was saying, believe what you see. As opposed to being said, don't believe, as opposed to being told, don't believe you're relying on us. You know, believe objective reality, not this nonsense that's being peddled to you and being packaged as uh, pro-American and patriotic because it's neither one of those things. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, John. Okay. I realize why we're so happy. The tactic of calling Donald the former guy no, he's the fascist guy. Like enough, <laughs> of, enough of the like, we're just going to pretend he's not around and he'll go away. Well, he didn't. So that mm-hmm. didn't work, right? So now we've got <coughs> that he's a fascist. That's what we got now. Mm-hmm. The fascist guy. You know, let's not call him the former guy. He's Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. That's right. the worst boys band that you've ever heard. <laughs> oh, what an awful thought. Could you imagine the horrible music they would make? 
Oh, it'd be like Lee, Green, Lee Greenwood. <laughs> uh, a tone deaf Lee Greenwood. But I really like the message that he nearly finished on about voting. And I have been beating that drum a lot on my own social media, you know, because I, I, I the, the feeling of powerlessness is very frustrating for not just me, I'm sure a lot of people. And I look at the landscape and think like, okay, what can I do? I mean, I've got like, a, you know, I got a little bit of a following and so I can maybe I can share a, a message, the importance of voting. And I've been reminding people, don't wait until, you know, Monday to make sure that your registration right. stuff mm -hmm. is in order. Yeah. Um, I am. I still am waiting for a response from my brother. Like, is mom's registration all set? Like, you know, does she have everything? And is she registered at the address where she's actually living? Like, you know, mm -hmm. are we ready? So make sure your registration stuff is intact so you don't have any fuckery to endure or go through right. on the day. Right. Uh, luck, very lucky here in New York. I am loving yeah. the yep. early voting situation. Yeah, Delicious awesome. yeah. to just stroll over to the elementary school around the corner on a Sunday. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. And that's how it should be everywhere. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, you, you guys out there know who you are if you're in places that uh, they're trying to get one over on you. If you're a Democrat, <laughs> especially if you're a person of color. Um, yeah, we need to make sure these things are done ahead of time. And the other thing about tonight that, that gave me uh, or reassured me is that it it really did um bear Dahlia out. Uh the last time we met, Dahlia basically said, amidst all of the horrors of what's happening with uh the DOJ and the stolen top secret sensitive documents, uh and Dob the Dobbs decision, on and on and on, all of these horrors, she said basically that these things are going to make the solution fairly easy. And it's that they're all motivating people to vote. And I think that tonight's speech um, definitely uh, emphasized that point and made it real uh, in a way you know, sometimes it just seems so theoretical. Yeah, like, no kidding, we all need to vote, but what if we all don't? But I don't know. I, I don't know that we've ever lived in a time um, because none of us was either alive or old enough during Vietnam. I, I can't, I literally can't think of a time when there has been more reason <laughs> to vote in massive numbers. Uh, and, and his acknowledging that was quite something. There's been this um, intense conversation over the past year within political circles and pundit circles and cable news and whatnot over whether or not he's really going to run for re-election, even though he says he is. You know, what is the game plan for getting someone who would succeed him as the nominee, who would be the nominee? There's been all this discussion over that. I really feel he put everything, like all those questions to rest tonight. He, you know, he really made it clear that he is running for re-election and he believes he's going to win. I, I, I do. I really feel that this was a this was a re-election launch speech without 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 being strictly a re-election launch speech. It really was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and also though, making making it clear that twenty twenty two 
Okay, I was just going to say something really stupid. 2022 comes first. No kidding, because we know how to count. Um, <laughs> but, that, you know, implicit in his <laughs> remarks. You see, I genetic makeup notwithstanding, I can laugh at myself because that was ridiculous. Um, but the, the importance of 2022 was implied in everything he said. And, uh, you know, people have a tendency to dismiss midterms but i think a lot of people for some reason uh, well because people are busy and don't pay attention don't have the luxury or misfortune of paying attention as much as we do um it's not always easy to to see the context right um and he he explained it better than anybody has i think uh you know certainly better than any politician has so I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm, I don't know about you guys. I found that maybe it's, is, can relief exhaust you? I, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I think that if you feel, you know, the minute you want a vacation, then you get sick sometimes. You right. Know, right. Finally, you're holding it all together. Um, you know, Charlotte, when you were talking, I mistakenly thought that tonight made clear when you said that he was running again. I thought you meant Donald. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> I'm listening to this and I'm like, what are you getting at this speech that I'm not getting? And then I realized. So, yeah. Yeah, that would have been quite, quite a reading between the lines. Yes. Yeah, right. no, I if, if Biden had been able to pull that off. Um, although I, I think I actually think the best alternative of, at this point would be Joe Biden running against Donald, who's in prison. Adorable. <laughs> Which I don't want. I don't want Donald running again ever. The Constitution allows people to. It doesn't specify that you can't run from prison. Um, no, I want him. I want. Of course, I. I would rather just have him in prison. But I don't know. I think DeSantis is more dangerous at this point. I do. Jeez, but I want I him do. to lose. But I want DeSantis to lose. Because he's a what if he doesn't worst, though? I know I'm sounding like you. No, but I think he can lose. Like I think, mm -hmm. you know, women are really angry. Mm -hmm. Look yeah. at the pattern, Kansas, yeah. and then look what happened in Alaska yesterday. That's in New York. Uh, New you know, York these 19? are early days of what is possibly a. These are early signs of what is possibly a, a growing pattern <clears throat> here. Um, and also, DeSantis may be somewhat popular in that state. On a national stage, mm, he's a dick. And I think yeah. like a lot he's of people see it that way. And he has, and I'm making a joke here, he doesn't have Donald's sex appeal and his charm, well, which is no, saying George, nothing. I know those are the... Throw. But I think, you know, to put it in terms of sex appeal and charm, the, yeah, that is... that is tongue in cheek. But he, no, but Donald has charisma. That's we what I mean. Discount. No, but he really does have it. I'm not. I agree. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with oh, you at all. Oh, okay. And DeSantis has zero of that. Exactly. And I, and in fact, I don't think there are any other Republicans who are even in the conversation who have any bit of it. And that's why you know the weaker Donald is, uh, the better. But I think I I've been saying this for a while, and. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys agree. I, I don't give a shit anymore about the Republicans. I don't care what they say. I don't care they, how do they, they react to this. Uh, and I'm talking about, you know, the people who voted for Donald twice and who, uh, you know, support 
would vote for him again. Um, the people who are beyond our, our reach, basically. Um, so I think what needs to happen is the uh, Democrats need to become messengers in a way they've never been. They need to get on message. Every single Democrat in leadership needs to be saying exactly what Biden said tonight in whatever form or forum uh, from now until all of eternity. That's I, I think that's how that's how we turn this around. You got you know. something there, Mary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about where, where just to go back oh, to what sorry, you said, mm -hmm. it's gonna be interesting, right, to see do they get on board or not? Because there are some Democrats in purple areas, and are they going to do it or not? And I they should. I think it's a really good play to divide and conquer the Republicans. They're never gonna get the MAGA Republicans anyway. And and we know that Donald's toxic among a small portion of the other Republicans, the only the ones who would have voted for a Democratic candidate anyway. I hope they jump on this, but, but I'm sure know, they might be cowards. I don't know. But don't you guys think that the genius or one part of the genius of the speech was that he, he made it possible for people like Spanberger and Luria and others in, in swing districts to make the case because it's not attacking. Basically it's saying you have a choice. If you, if you want to be with America, not with us, but with American democracy, then you can't continue to go down that road. And we don't blame you that you've been going down that road because you've been deceived. And this is what really what's happening. And I mean, you know, not to see if because you don't want to insult people, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think he 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 made the case in a way that any Democrat. Right. This is last call at the fascism bar. That's yeah. it. It's over. But it, it but it also like explained why it's reasonable to use these terms. In a way, again, that's not insulting. Right. I mean, Charlotte, are you with me on that? Like, because. I, I think that that's one of the things I was worried about, that he was going to back off of it. Or, oh, yeah. Right? I was very worried about that. I, I worried that he was going to retreat a little bit because of the criticism from some of the political media class over his semi-fascist comment. And that. And I can see, I, I see a couple of reporters, you know, with, with their heads up their asses right now. I just focused on the wrong things already. Some of the tweets, like some of the, one of the tweets, mm -hmm. uh, there's a prominent reporter who, is uh, concerned over the Marine guards in the background who feel that's breaking with White House tradition. Have touch they met Donald? Grass. Are you fucking kidding me? To touch some grass. This man, Donald Trump gave a fucking re-election speech in front of the White House during the convention. <laughs> yes, he did. I mean, come on, y'all. Let's stop wow. this pandering bullshit. For God's sake, let's get, let's be serious like adults and get back to what matters. And that man tonight gave a speech that mattered. It gave people a path to redemption. It gave them a path to a future where we don't have to tear each other's hair apart, where we can actually work together toward common sense policy solutions. That's mm -hmm. what happened. Yeah, and I, I actually, since you're, you're mentioning that some of the early returns, so to speak, um, I think in some ways this, this speech could be a really good Rorschach test going forward 
Um, like if people respond the way uh, either about that nonsense with the Marines or about Biden's cough or about the protester or any of these uh, ancillary or totally unrelated uh, aspects of it, then we know where they're, what side they're on basically. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I may, I hopefully uh, I'm not overstating it, but it almost felt like this, this speech is bulletproof. I don't know. Um, all right. We're going to wrap up soon. So I just want to ask if anybody, George, you have any, uh, what, what's your biggest takeaway or what's your, your last thought? Um, I would say my biggest takeaway again, uh, um, the, the honesty, the not shrouding language, not using shrouded language, the directness, you know, however you want to say it, uh, was necessary. And also that final message, uh, again, I can't, what do we as John and Jane Q citizen have? What power do we have? And that is to vote. And the reminder of that is key, you know? Um, and so I'm just really hoping for a monster turnout uh, this November, um, I know midterms to people aren't, aren't as sexy or interesting or as big of a deal, but this is, this one's a really big deal. And, and um, this one's sexy too. We'll very, make it sexy. George. I think it is. Yeah. And we need, um, we need to keep beating that drum with a consistent message. Charlotte was uh, touching upon that as well with a consistent yeah. message. And yeah. also this was like, it was like, you know, welcome. There are plenty of seats on this train. Come on board. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right yeah. exactly it was very inclusive and inviting uh charlotte same same question um you know i just i just want to make this clear to everybody uh you know when you step away from this and you see some of the the media newsletters that come out tomorrow morning and you're watching cnn and you see some of these pundits basically you know i'm not i'm trying to be charitable here or diplomatic as much as i can but basically are trying to spin against biden uh, yep. in a very clumsy and an obvious way ignore them we know what's going to win this fucking election and we're going to mm -hmm. do it. Focus That's on right. abortion, focus on uh, voting registration, get people out for the things that matter. We're going to win this damn thing. Yep. But we got to keep focus and not let these clowns distract us from the important work of democracy. That's right. I wholeheartedly support that sentiment. Uh, Jen? Dark Biden rising. That's right. <laughs> uh, Brandon, but Brandon works too. Okay, well, it is Biden. I mean, no, I think but, I mean, the reality is, you know, I want to see more of this. I'm impressed. You got a choice. And, you know, there are only two things he said in triplicate. He said the thing about political violence, we don't use that in America ever, ever, ever. And then he later said, vote, vote, vote. It's either voting or it's political violence. Those parallels. I mean, you know, you could take I haven't seen this speech in writing. But there are really important, you know, you know, sort of um, there, there are rhymes in this speech that resonate for us. This is one of the best, I think, presidential speeches in history, given how serious the times are in which we leave, live. And especially whichever direction the House goes could be tragic for us. Yep. Um, and, you know, just like I don't know. We sit here and we're only sitting here having this conversation because those two seats in the Senate in Georgia. Do you know how close we would be to not being 
yes. where we're having this conversation now. And if I think about that, I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack. Well, we're facing the same kind of heart attack in November. I don't know if people realize how serious that is. They've got to vote or it's over. No, we're, we're going to keep reminding them. That's for sure. Um, my last thought is I, Joe Biden was probably my seventh pick in the primary and I'm, I'm actually not exaggerating. Um, and tonight I, first of all, I do, I agree. It was one of the best, most significant speeches in American history, political history. And it was one of those very rare speeches that meets the moment. Uh, because this is also a unique moment and it needed a unique, uniquely powerful speech. Um, so it, I felt something tonight that I felt very rarely in the last six years and that was pride. So I'm grateful for that too. Uh, just as I am grateful always to all of you, my friends, George Hahn, Charlie Clymer, Jen Taub, thank you so much for being here tonight. It was really powerful and sharing it with you all made it even more incredible. So thank you so much. And um, I'll see you soon. Mary, you're amazing. Thanks, Mary. Bye. Love you guys. Just wow. Uh, I'm so grateful that you were all here with us tonight, uh, watching that extraordinary moment in American history. Um, it was quite something. So I hope our our commentary helped uh, and added added to the conversation in a way that's meaningful. I'm going to leave it at that tonight. Uh, we will see you at on Tuesday for the strategy sessions with the Nerd Avengers. Uh, that's 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash Politicon. And, uh, of course, the, the show next Thursday uh, will be back to our usual uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Also, youtube.com slash Politicon. And uh, you guys know, know what to do. Subscribe to Politicon. Like the episodes. Leave comments. Click on the bell so you're uh, sure to be notified um, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's been a really long day and a very powerful and exhausting night. So uh, I will say goodnight to you and have a wonderful weekend. I will see you on Tuesday. In the meantime, please stay safe and be kind.